podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Seahawks fans, wherever you may be, thanks for listening to the show. Join your hosts, Bill Alpstead and Keith Myers, as we talk Seahawks football. Hey, hi, Seahawks fans. Welcome back to another episode of the Seahawks Playbook Podcast. I'm your host, Bill Alfstead, sitting down with co-host Keith Myers here to talk Seahawks football. Today, we're going to uh, talk about a couple of coaching hires uh, that uh, kind of round out this coaching staff for the Seahawks, as well as our second um, in a multi-part series looking at uh, NFL draft prospects. Today, we're looking at running backs. Don't know how interested the Seahawks are going to be in diving into that market, uh, but we will talk about them nonetheless, just in case. So welcome in, Keith. How you doing? Uh, doing good. This is, um, yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on um, that we need to talk about here, but when it gets to running backs, it's like part of me kind of hopes that the Seahawks are not um, in this in into this draft class because they've used early picks two years in a row, and uh, at some point, they better be getting something out of those picks. And the only thing that gives me pause, <clears throat> there's, there's a couple of things the, number one, um, this is Ken Walker's third season. We've got him for one more season after this. He's a certain style of running back. And over and over, I've heard McDonald talk about identity and talk about the type of offense. And they want to be physical. They want to be fast. They want to be, this, that, and the other. And I'm not sure if Ken Walker fits that mold to a T, but he's under contract and he's cheap and he's on the roster and they don't have to go out and spend a draft pick when they've got a whole bunch of other things to look at. But and if they decide to move on, they decide to move off Ken Walker and keep Zach Charbonnet, who kind of fits the mold a little better, um, they could pick up an additional pick. He's not going to be worth a lot, but I'm just saying they can move off that and 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 kind of start over a little bit if they wanted to because there's a couple of dra- uh, uh, potential draft picks in this class that I really like a lot, um, but I don't know if it's enough for the Seahawks to pull the trigger on. Yeah, there's a couple backs said. in this uh, that I like. I um, honestly, they want to be fast. Ken Walker's fast. He was um, very effective when given opportunities. He is um, good out of the backfield as a receiver. He He's, did run hard last year compared to the first year. Yeah. Um, you know, he showed a lot of things and I just, I don't see any reason with where the team is where you'd be like, Oh, he doesn't fit our style. He sure seemed like he was a lot more explosive in his first year compared to the second year. Not a lot of breakaway plays, not a lot of broken tackles compared to the first year. Well, I mean, the first year he did a lot of, a lot of bouncing, a lot of, um, true that just running in space that, that sometimes he created, um, and not the, not the, um, not the defense or not the offensive line. Um, the second year, uh, there was a lot fewer opportunities, not, I don't mean that in terms of carries. I just mean like there were, there was a lot, the blocking wasn't as good. Um, opposing teams did a better job of keeping someone, um, home. So that way when he tried to bounce, he just ran into someone. Um. Yeah, I mean he he was effective. He was the most effective back I, that Seattle had. 
I agree uh, with that. So. I do agree with that. And, you know, Jack Charbonnet strikes me after seeing him one year, uh, strikes me as a guy that needs some carries to like build some momentum and build mm-hmm. some um, consistency. And I'm not sure he's going to get that. And so we'll have to just kind of see how that goes. Let's, let's get into the running back conversation in just a minute. Let's talk about coaches that were hired assistant coaches uh, this last week to kind of round out the staff and give us a better picture of what the Seahawks are trying to do. Uh, and I'll run through them. You can kind of plug in um, and comment as you see fit. Um, Kennedy uh, Palomano, Palomalu, uh, as the running backs coach, uh, spent the last six seasons in uh, Vegas and uh, with the Raiders and with the Vikings. And then he had the same role with the Cleveland Browns and the Jaguars from 2004 to 2009. Then he spent some time at USC, was the special teams coach there. Um, when Pete Carroll was there uh, for a minute and um, and then, you know, came back into this role recently. That's a lot of veteran experience, coaching experience to add to that running back room there. I like that hire. I think it's a good hire. Mm-hmm. Um, any thoughts on that one? I think it's a good hire. I mean, it is. It's a lot of experience. It's someone who really, um, he's been there. He's done it. He's seen things. He's taught people. He's um, worked with Jacobs. some of the best. Yeah. Um, yeah, he got a lot out of Jacobs. Um, if you go back far enough to uh, Minnesota, I believe he worked with Adrian Peterson for a year. Um, I mean, yeah, this is someone who 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 knows football. And Seattle's got a bunch of young guys at the position. They need and some rookie coaches. coaches. Yeah, yeah. It, it'll be it'll be a good fit because I think you can get a lot more out of those guys than Seattle was able to last year. And uh, they need good coaching. And, I, and Chad I, Morton I was good. good. I mean, I thought Chad Morton's a good uh, running back coach, um, but I agree. I think there's more to get out of that group. It, and it, I think in the combination with um, blocking up front on the offensive line. We'll see how that uh, kind of comes together for this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, they hired Frisman Jackson as their wide receiver coach, uh, coached the Steelers uh, wide receiver room the last two seasons, uh, formerly with the Browns as a receiver and um, also with Titans and Panthers in their wide receiver room. And the Seahawks, uh, the, probably the biggest get, I think, um, out of this list for me is the hiring of the Rams passing game coordinator, passing game specialist, Jake Peets, as their pass game coordinator, uh, former offensive coordinator at LSU. So he's got offensive coordinating experience at LSU, candidate for the Buccaneers job this offseason as the offensive coordinator. Um, I think it's a great hire a it's from the Los Angeles Rams. So he gets to be, you know, out of that tree, um, and gets, uh, gets us to, to have some insight into their, uh, scheme and, and so forth. And they do a good job there as well. So, so we kind of like now, that hire. We've now hired the last two passing game coordinators away from the Rams. <laughs> That's true. You know, I the, like this the one before I, him was Shane Waldron. Yeah. I like this hire for a second reason. Um, it kind of gives us a chance to have a kind of offensive coordinator in waiting on our own staff. So if Grubb was to be successful and get gets poached away, 
in the next couple of seasons, we've got, um, we've got this guy that's got the experience that uh, would know the offense by then to kind of step into that role and kind of keep the continuity going. Um, and, and McDonald kind of referred to that a little bit when he had his press conference talking about um, keeping the continuity going and, and having uh, coaches in waiting, being ready to kind of come up and, and step into roles. So that's a good, it's a good thing for me. Now I want to say, uh, I want to say this about uh, Pete's uh, Peter King wrote about this hiring cycle. Um, he'll win every interview. One peer told me, former quarterback coach of the Raiders and Panthers, former offensive analyst for Nick Saban at Alabama, former offensive coordinator at LSU. Excuse me, well respected by Sean McVay in his two years with the Rams. What impressed me is uh, Puka Nakua telling me in October that he learned the Rams offense in long early morning sessions with Preets in May and June. Imaginative guy. So, I mean... That's a pretty good endorsement. Yeah. The fact that, um, you know, you, Hey, we've got this kid who wants to learn this stuff. So I'm going to sit down and waddle long sessions uh, of teaching him because he wants it and I'm willing to do it. And like, that's the kind of, that's the kind of situation where, um, players asking for it, which that's great on them. And the coach is willing to give up their time and do it. Um, and that's part of the reason why you saw, uh, Nakua just explode this year and is a mm-hmm. large part of why the Rams were better than predicted. He was ready on game one. Yeah. That kid. I mean, against the Seahawks, he had a yeah. stellar, stellar debut, uh, against, against our team to our detriment. Of course, mm-hmm. um, the Seahawks added, uh, Devin Fitzsimmons as a special teams assistant to work with Harbaugh. Um, he's, uh, he's got 10 years of experience in the league. Uh, and as a special teams guy, uh, Panthers special teams assistant last season, um, Frank, Frank Wright staff, uh, last year, same position in Arizona, uh, prior to that. And then, um, with the 49ers, I think, or excuse me, uh, with the Cardinals, um, you know, last year yeah. and, and 2021 as well. So that that's it for the, the coaching hires. I think that kind of really rounds out. There's going to be some. Uh, quality control some, coaches and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but we're still missing some is, defensive coaches. Um, they've got an uh, inside yeah, linebackers they, coach, but they not they an hired, outside linebacker they, coach. That's and true. They did hire or retain um, one of the kids that you liked. I think you went to Portland State. Um, Schneed, Schneed was with us last year. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Maybe that's why it didn't come across my my um, desk. Is that if it was a retain and not a yeah, they kept him around. I can't remember his, his first name. Um, sorry, everybody. But anyway, um, but yeah, yeah, you're right. And we've got to kind of round things out. But more or less, it's it's a pretty full staff, and I, I'm I'm kind of liking it. I mean, it's new. It's new to us, you know. But but these are guys that McDonald respects. Guys around um, his coaching staff respect. I'm sure he's gotten a lot of feedback. Um, all over the place to, to get these guys in. Um, so it'll be, I'm, I'm curious as to how this thing is all going to come together because you're going to have a new scheme on offense, a new scheme on defense, all new coaching. It's, there's going to be a learning curve here. Um, yep. and it, it'll be very curious to see how quickly it, it kind of rounds into shape. 
Yeah, it's got a lot of it's going to depend on um, how many guys get in the building during um, OTAs, and you know, especially the um, voluntary ones, the non non required ones, uh, so they can get some of the installation done and that kind of stuff. They've got to get there's a lot. You're you're right. There's a lot of learning that needs to happen because all this stuff is new. And they can't wait for August to try and do that. Okay. Running back conversation. Here we go. Uh, I'll let you start. Um, I've got my list. I'm sure you've got yours. Uh, There's certain guys I want to talk about. Others I'll just pass on a little bit. Um, Who's your number one? Um, Okay. So it's hard because I try and when I do these things, I try and uh, tailor it to Seattle, right? So it's not just oh, this is the best player, but no, this is the best player in Seattle. Um, and I don't know what they want if it were the new offense. Um, and Well, I mean, we've heard him say, I want to be physical. I want to mm-hmm. pound. I want to be able to run the ball effectively. I want to pound the ball. So Does with that, that give you any mind, clue? Um, well, to <laughs> me, um, what, I, what I went with on this is uh, Trey Benson out of Florida State. Yeah, my he's my one. number one. A lot of people say that uh, Jonathan Brooks is, but I don't like Jonathan Brooks's resume. He's kind of short on the quality touches that he's had in, in college. Um, yeah, I mean, overall. he he um, had a hard time getting on the field the year before because he was behind, uh, you know, a, Robinson. Yeah, a great player. <laughs> but um, I like Trey Branson. I like his size at six one two twenty three. He's yeah. got some breakaway speed at four three seven. I think he's the best. Um, of the group there I just when I okay I'm going to come out and say before this this is one player but when we start looking at at um, the whole thing I don't think there is a Bajan Robinson type blue chip running back in this group I think there's I doubt any of these guys are like there's none of them that are first round talents Uh, most running backs shouldn't go in the first round anyway just for lots of reasons but I expect, um, you know, when you say first round talent, when you say first round talent, do you mean just electric kind of talent, um, speed, but not necessarily height, weight, or, or or just playmaking ability or the entire package? Just entire package. Like you, if for receiving out of the backfield, et cetera. Yeah. For a running back to go in the first round, they, They've got to be the complete deal. They've got to be Bajan Robinson um, or even uh, Jameer Gibbs, like the, who was just super fast gadget guy. Um, there's very few first round running backs because the running back has been devalued um, in the league. And so just continuing along with that, um, the threshold that you've got to reach to be, to be a first round running back is pretty high. And I don't think there's anyone in this group that, that is that high. Um, but once you get down midway through the second round, someone there, that's when you start to see a lot of players and there's a lot of that second tier yeah. quality running backs, guys that will be starters um, in the NFL guys that will have very productive careers in the NFL. Um, and we'll see will draft a running back. Keith, Probably in the sixth round or something. Um, da- DJ Dallas Benson. is out of contract. 
Don't know if they're going to bring him back. McIntosh didn't really play last year. They've got three on the roster, mm-hmm. two of which are, are really pretty decent. They don't really need, you know, a second, third round talent. They got Although, a couple guys on futures contracts too. You know, I, I will say this, you know, does, um, do our guys fit the, the mold of what this new regime wants? Um, I don't know that they necessarily have the, the, the draft capital or the salary cap to change out the running back room. Um, mm-hmm. if they, even if they wanted to, because, um, they just have too many other priorities. One of the biggest selling points for Grubb as offensive coordinator is his ability to tailor what they do to the talent on the roster. Um, that's what he's been known for every stop in his coaching career. Um, he has never been someone said, Oh, I can only use this kind of guy. Um, he'll make do with two really good running backs, even if they aren't exactly what they want. Um, so as as much as, as Seahawk fans, you know, uh, fall in love with the running back. Now I'm not saying Seahawk fans fall in love with the running back in round two, because they, they would kind of bitch and moan. If that'd we were to pull the trigger, years. that'd be crazy, <laughs> right? And and that's where a guy like Trey Benson's going to go, top half of the, of the second round. He's worth mm-hmm. it. I mean, six one two twenty three runs a four five or two. You mentioned four three seven, um, zero fumbles in in twenty twenty three. Had the most rushes in the class that average over twenty one miles an hour. Not only is he a guy who can break away at any spot in the field, he's two hundred twenty three pounds. He's going to break tackles all over the place all that kind of stuff. And he can catch the ball out of the backfield too. I, I like him. Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of brushed over uh, Jonathan Brooks. I will say this about Jonathan Brooks. He injured and torn his ACL at the end of the 2023 season. He's going to have delayed contribution in the NFL, if at all in 2024. So for me and, and that reason, I think he falls a little bit. Uh, a lot of people look at him as being the number one running back on their boards and i don't see it i I, he's dynamic but he's only got 177 carries in 2023 towards acl didn't have a lot before that because of the aforementioned Bijan robinson and i don't i don't care for that too much i think he's probably third or fourth round to me yeah the um, the injury will drop him i think if you if he hadn't gotten injured we'd be having a different conversation about him um I get why people have him as their number one, just because I think the talent is there. He's also young. He's only 20 years old. Um, he's not even 21 yet. Um, and won't turn 21 until July. Wow. Um, yeah. So there, and there's a lot of tread left on those tires, but you have that injury. That injury is going to cut into his rookie season. We've seen what happens if um, rookies don't get a, tr- a good training camp they don't learn the offense well enough. They have a hard time making a contribution. Um, they're a rookie here. It's just, it's so hard. It's just hard on them. And so you end up in a situation where um, teams will draft him later. They'll move him down on the board because they don't know if they're going to get anything out of him. And so that's one of the four years on of his contract that you're, you're just punting on. Talk, and talk to me so. about a couple of prospects on your list, Keith, that, that are um, have differing opinions out there. Some people have them higher, some people have them lower, and and why? So I'll start with um, Blake Corum, 
the running back out of Michigan. Uh, he's a guy a that start with. I've seen him. He's he's five eight, um, two thirteen. I've seen him um, high, like the <laughs> third best. I've seen him at the sixth or seventh best. Um, he's supposed to be fast, like a four 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 zero um, range. Um, we'll see at the combine. I mean, all these numbers are, are right. projected, so we don't even know. Um, I just, I don't know. He's, he's not tall. He's not, he's less athletic than he is fast. Um, and I don't know if he's going to have that make people miss, uh, kind of athleticism, but he's got speed. He's got a low center of gravity, which should make him harder to get down. And I could see him just being, um, a, a really solid contributor at the next level. Yeah, and that's the keyword right there, solid. The guy's a solid prospect, solid contributor. He was a solid contributor at Michigan. Heck, they, they went to the national championship, and a lot of it was because of his legs. Because of the running um, game, yeah. Yeah, 1,245 yards and 27 touchdowns um, in 2023. Guy's got great vision, good contact balance, all that kind of stuff. Um, but nothing special about him. He doesn't have great breakaway speed. You mentioned maybe four, four. I don't, I, I've got him listed a projection at four, five, five. So oh, somewhere in the middle of wow. that is, is where he's going to land. Yeah. And that's why I think the combine is going to be huge in a couple of weeks, but he's physical runner strength, elusiveness, um, good feel for the game. He, no, he's definitely got starter ability in the NFL. I just think he's going to be an av- league average guy. Um, and that's why I've got him lower a little bit. How about a guy like Bucky Irving from Oregon? Here's another guy that's got 90 plus rushing grades his entire career, but he's going to get marked down a little bit because he's 5'10, 195. In yeah, the past, the Seahawks haven't really looked at a running back that size. I don't know that that necessarily fits Mc, uh, McDonald's idea of a physical, you know, uh, breaking tackles kind of a guy. Um, he's going to be more of a change of pace guy, but even at that, he's projected to be a four, four, nine guy. Um, really? I see him like a third round guy shiftiness, you know, 1100 rushing yards, 11 touchdowns. Um, but see, it I, was, we're, we're clearly, we're clearly looking at different, um, different re, uh, resources for, for these projections because I've got, uh, Bucky Irving in the four, three, six range, which would make him really freaking fast. That would be um, really fast. <laughs> I've got him. I've seen him at four, four, six. I've seen him at what was my other one? Four, four, nine. Um, you're talking about getting into the four threes. So yeah, th- that, that's the problem with, with some of the stuff right now is we you don't, just yeah. don't have those combine numbers and we'll get those in a couple of weeks and we can add those to our notes. Yep. Um, but he's another guy that I, I'm not too high on as an NFL running back. Well, see, I'm not high on him as an NFL running back. Um, because of the lack of size and because of what I've been, I'm used to as far as scouting um, from the last 14 years under Pete Carroll. Um, but that doesn't mean he's not going to be a good pro. Uh, he's not going to be a between the tackles kind of guy, um, but he offers some kickoff return um, and third down back kind of stuff. He looks like he's going to catches for 299 yards this last season. Yeah. He looks like he's going to be shifty. He's one of those guys that you can get it. If you can get him in space um, and let him make people miss rather than trying to make him have run people over that he can do some really good things. And so I think that it's one of those 
situations where he could be good, but I don't know how he fits in Seattle in part because he doesn't, he doesn't fit what Seattle's drafted, but we, now we have a new coaching staff, so we don't know, but it also doesn't fit what uh, McDonald said he wants. Right. So, so if, if I was, so can I talk about a couple of backs? Yeah. If I was McDonald and I was going to select a back based on the information that I have that McDonald has told us, which is physical and yada, yada. Um, there's two backs that I really like in this draft. And, and regardless of him, it would have been fit for Pete Carroll's offense too, is Audric Estimi, uh, the, the running back out of Notre Dame. My goodness, you go watch him play. Um, 5'11", 227 pounds, looks like an NFL running back, hulky frame. Um, he can, he's athletic, like super athletic. Like he can jump over guys um, like he was doing the hurdles and extend plays. Um, he had a, a pro football focus at him at his 94 grade, the highest in, in college football. Um, his, uh, he missed, uh, made people miss uh, on his on, uh, tackles, um, led the nation in carries over 15 yards. Um, but he was ranked, check this out, he was ranked 241st in yards after contact and 93rd in missed tackles forced, though. Um, which is, which is really poor, but you look at him and he just doesn't show that he looks like he's much more physical and, and intimidating than that. So that's one guy that I think would be interesting. He's and then the Braylon Allen, the guy the from place. Wisconsin. Yeah. He is all over the place. Um, if you look at, um, for, yeah. Um, what is it? Estime. Um, he, you've seen, if you go look at, um, Fox Rob Rang, Rang's got him as the as the best back in this entire class. Yeah, you, you look, look at his film; he looks like the best black back. Yeah, and then you go, but then you go other places, and he's fifth, sixth, seventh um, on some, uh, you know, big boards. And if he runs into the, in the four fours and in, in mid four fours, this kid could end up going in the second round. If he runs in the four five five to four six range, maybe not. But he looked his explosive. Of, like on film, he looked explosive. He, he looks, looked like he could convert he speed looks to power. Explosive, but but he doesn't run with power. He looks like he should run with power. He's, that's he's elusive. But he he's doesn't elusive. he doesn't make people miss. And he two hundred and twenty seven pounds. Guns. Yeah, I know. He doesn't run, and he doesn't he doesn't um, break tackles. So there's so, there's some questions. I I don't I think Charbonnet was this size. Him when he came out and Charbonnet was also pegged as being a guy that avoided tackles and kind of had the same sort of See, I, feel to him. He didn't have a guy that, that avoided tackles. He had a, his reputation was a guy that just ran people over, couldn't make people miss. But so instead he just punished them for tackling him. <laughs> that was, um, that was, eh, was I don't was know. Charbonnet. You go look at, you go look at Charbonnet's film though. He had plenty of elusiveness, but um, this is one of my favorites. The other guy that's that's one of my favorites is uh, Braylon Allen uh, out of Wisconsin. I really like this guy. I'm hoping that he lasts until the third round or so, and Seattle can decides that they they're gonna go get another running back and to replace DJ Dallas. And and this guy could be a guy that you would look at. Um, six two, two hundred forty five pound back, uh, thirty four hundred ninety four yards, thirty five touchdowns on 597 carries in three years at Wisconsin, but doesn't turn 20 years old until uh, he turned 20 years old uh, in late January. 
Uh, so he's just 20. Uh, the problem with this, this kid is he fumbles. He puts the, the ball on the ground every 66 carries. That's not going to fly in the NFL at all. Yeah. But he's 245 pounds at 6'2 and runs a 4440. Um, when you look at him, he's just a physical beast. I like it. That's big. That's really big. <laughs> That's big. That's big. All right. Who do you got? Um, how about we stay local and we go, uh, Dylan Johnson, six foot, um, two eighteen out of Washington, um, played at a couple other schools is a guy that, um, runs hard. He's a good route runner, does a lot of stuff out of the backfield. Well, um, and you know, as a runner, he's super athletic, does a lot of those things. Um, -hmm. I mean, his vertical, his height, his shuttle times, his 40, all are mm-hmm. going to be, um, be up there. So as far as athleticism, he's looks like he's going to be great. Um, the weakness when you start looking at his tape is when he's trying to be, when, when they may need him to step in and pick up a blitzing linebacker, um, sometimes it looks ugly. Um, and you know, stuff like that, but that's true for a lot of rookies and it takes some time to, to learn that stuff. Um, yeah. So, and he's, but, he's a resilient guy. You know, he battles through injury. Um, that, that showed up in the last three or four games of the season at Washington. Mm-hmm. That guy stepped up. He, you know, you could barely get him off the field. And he was just clearly walking with a limp. And, and you know, the effectiveness wasn't there. But that's he was still the best guy that Washington put on the field. At times, I wondered about that. I was like, is this the best guy? Given his limitations on his ankle and, and whatever else he was battling um that Washington could put out there and but they left him out there and he was I mean he got him to the championship game you know that yep. and, and uh, Penix <laughs> yeah with if you look at at uh with him when he was healthy that offense clicked and just was absolutely unstoppable when Where do he you... when he wasn't the offense stumbled a little bit and I think that shows you a little bit about he was more important to that offense than I think a lot of people gave him credit for. All right. So Gibbs is, is, or Grubb is the offensive coordinator. This is his guy. This is a guy yeah. he went to battle with for, for a while. Yeah. Um, Current draft projection is a uh, fourth round. Um, he drops into the fifth. Seattle grabs him because they, they could use another back and, that's not much in the way of, of draft capital to get a guy, you know, you can depend on. That's, that's the key right there. Knowing you can depend on a guy and, and the guy that's going to play through some, some injuries, nicks and cuts. We saw some issues um, with that in the running back room for Seattle, especially at the top. DJ Dallas was, was missing a couple different times as well. So yeah, that's just kind of battle tested willing to play through some stuff. That's uh, that could be important. Um, do you know if he has any return ability or anything like that at all to help him add value? Honestly, I don't, um, I didn't look into that. I don't think he did. I don't think he, I don't think he, he was used in that, uh, at Washington because he was too big of a part of their offense. Um, but that doesn't mean he can't at the next level. I mean, DJ Dallas wasn't a kick returner in college, but he was for Seattle. So there's a few other guys that are going to be available in the fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round. Isaiah Davis out of South Dakota uh, State, uh, Jalen Wright, um, 
with Tennessee, Will Shipley from Clemson. Um, you know, the list go, kind of goes on. Um, and I, I think that I need a little bit more time. I'd like to see the combine. Um, and as we get closer to the draft, I think if there is a conversation to be had, if anything happens on the roster beyond DJ Dallas coming back to give us any idea that, that the Seahawks might expend draft capital on a running back, I think we could spend a little bit more time on it. Um, yeah, at this point, um, I'm having a hard time justifying spending a lot of time looking at running backs because I don't see Seattle drafting one or if they do it's going to be really late and that's a lot of uh mm-hmm. a lot of searching for tape and and, and trying to do scouting <laughs> on guys that some people have never heard of and it's really hard to find tape on um so yeah I'm I'm much more interested in 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 let's go look at some wide receivers because um you yeah. know, Seattle, Seattle's got three good ones, but there's a lot of smoke about, uh, a Tyler Lockett trade. And if that's there the case, is. they need it. Then they, then they're going to, they're going to be in the market for another, um, you know, probably third round wide receiver. What do you think of Jake Bobo in this scheme? Actually, I kind of like it. Um, he's not, People made a people made a just it was the four nine nine forty um was they talked about it every single He's probably game closer to catch. four seven. Let's be honest. It's probably in the four sixes. I I he wasn't at the combine, it wasn't measured that way. Um whatever. Uh he doesn't play that slow. He is there's been a, there were a couple of plays where he ran away from defensive backs. He's not a, he's not fast. Uh, as wide receivers go, but this idea—he's not as that, slow as Abe Lucas. Abe Lucas ran a four-nine-four or whatever at the combine. Yeah. Um, right, he's not an right. offensive lineman, uh, so um, I, I think his height—he plays physical. He blocks well um, down the field. He makes good catches. We didn't see him drop balls. Um, yeah. Is he is made he made plays? He was a kind of a playmaker. Every time he he got in, he showed up. It did, was he a guy that um, is going to be really hard to cover and you know get separation really quickly the way Tyler Lockett does? No, he's not. Um, but he's six five. He doesn't need to be. Um, he needs to do what he does. And 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 I think there's a lot to like there. I think he's got a. Um, I think he's got a spot on this roster and on this team, and I think it's going to be a, a productive one. How about Derek Young and Dwayne Eskers? Of course, we'll get into these things. You know, I think we're going to do wide receivers next, tight ends, one of the two, uh, in our next mm-hmm. shows coming up. Um, but where, where Derek Young and Dwayne Eskridge? To me, Dwayne Eskridge, maybe he's got a better. This is like going to a different team for Dwayne. It's like it's like showing up and and getting traded and waking up in a new scheme with new coaches with a fresh start and maybe that's what Dwayne Eskridge needs the most. It was no cuz it was never a problem with the coaching staff or the scheme or any of that. The dude can't stay healthy. He goes out on the football field, trips over a blade of grass and hurts his knee. I mean, he's it, in college he was dynamic, uh athletic, looked like he was going to be kind of a cool gadget player. Mm-hmm. Um so let's draft him over Creed Humphrey. What yeah. do you think? <laughs> God, that was, I am still mad. About- Ouch. Ouch, right? <laughs> That's, no, we're never going to live that down. But I am excited to see Derek Young. 
um, guy, he's speaking of injuries. He was kind of battling those all year too. Never really got never, in sync. Never really never got, got in favor on, on the, on the, um, you know, yeah. with the offensive coaching staff there and just never got healthy, but he's Jackson big. Smith and Jigba ended up with like 68 receptions on the year. That kind of surprised me too. That kind of crept up after a kind of a slow start for him. He was a, he did have a slow start. Um, part of it is that if you look at the, at the backs that had, you know, bigger year or the backs wide receivers that had bigger years, you know, the, the safe flowers guys, um, the guy out of USC that went to Michigan, um, Addison, that's who his name is, uh, had bigger years. They got off the start, but they also didn't have as much stuff around them. Um, JSN was the third receiver. Uh, he was not surpassing uh, Metcalf or Lockett. Um, so he had he wasn't getting on the field as much, whereas Flowers was pretty much the main target from day one because they didn't have a lot of wide receiver talent around him. Um, so it was a slightly different situation, but once he got going and got on the field, um, Jason made a big impact. So I think that you're going to see a lot more of him. And especially if I really Tyler like Lockett our wide receiver happens. room, there's not much there to do. If Tyler Lockett remains on the roster, I think you just kind of roll with what you've got. Maybe you pick up a couple camp bodies, let them compete yeah. on especially the back if, end and see if, if Tariq Young can stay healthy. Um, all right, let's get out of here. We will yep. have more conversations on all those playmaker um, spots, but um, good conversation on the running backs. Again, it's not one of those premier spots we're looking at for the Seahawks to have any action this off season, both in free agency and in the draft. And so we kind of cursory went over, you know, the top seven, eight prospects uh, that, that everyone's going to be looking at anyway. Everyone's kind of drafting in their mock drafts, maybe not especially Seahawks fans. I think we're done with drafting running backs for a minute. Probably not too much longer though. Ken Walker again is, will be in a contract year next year. So we'll see. Um, you can find Keith on Twitter at Myers NFL. You can find me at NW Seahawk. The show is Seahawks playbook podcast on your favorite podcast platform and our YouTube channel. Hit that subscribe button, share it, leave us a great uh, comment and uh, review if you think about it. So until next time, go Hawks. Go Hawks. Seahawks Playbook Podcast listeners, thanks for joining us for another edition of the show. You can find us on Twitter. Bill is at NW Seahawk. Keith is at Myers NFL. And the show is at Hawks Playbook. You can listen and subscribe to the show at SeahawksPlaybook.com. Podcast Network.